And now, it's time for the Tech EU Drive at 5 with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. This is it. Welcome back to the Drive at 5 episode 2. I think... I think we are going with Drive at Five. We were going to go. The, there were choices up in the air. It was the Rad Show, the Robin and Dan, but I think that kind of flew over everybody's head, myself included. Uh, so we're going with the Drive at Five. Why? Because we air at five o'clock on uh, Friday afternoons. And well, uh, maybe some of you are in a car listening, but uh, in the old days, there used to be the Drive at Five. And uh, well, yeah, we're bringing back. We're, we're bringing the Drive at Five back. We're bringing. Gears back. We're bringing to... help me out here, Robin. I mean, I... Robin was a little disappointed that I got all the jokes last week. So Robin has promised <laughs> to be funny. Well, he's making a funny face at me right now. Yeah. Hi, Robin. Here. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you? That's uh, uh, well. I'm in pain. I threw my back out this week. It was uh, it was very fun. It was because we were working so hard for Tech EU. Writing is difficult. People underestimate. That's exactly right. I'm working so hard for Tech EU that I threw my back out. I'm on more painkillers than you can shake a stick at. So you look amazing. Thank you. Is that the medication talking? Huh? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you have a very nice tan. <laughs> but listen, sure. listen. Let's not talk about my old man back and your beautiful tan. Let's talk about, it seems to be the week of reckoning. There was a lot of uh, sad trombones this week. The one that showed up on my radar, which is kind of ironic because I just, I, I, I'm sitting here, I just finished my lunch and I ordered it via Deliveroo, which uh, decided to pull the plug on Dutch operations this week. Uh, they put out their investor report and even though they decided to pull out of the Netherlands, which represented one percent of their, uh, uh, you know, one percent of their business, basically, uh, revenues are up twelve percent to one point oh one three billion. Orders are up ten percent. Gross transactional value is up seven percent. However, losses before tax one hundred and forty seven million compared to ninety five million last year. So. It's good news and bad news at Deliveroo. What do you think? It's mostly bad news. It's mostly bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all, all right. Well, well. What, what, have, uh, what have what have you got on the bad news spectrum? Yeah, I, tweet, I tweeted this earlier this week as well. Uh, not only does it seem to be a week of reckoning, it might turn into a month of reckoning, a semester of reckoning, maybe even a year of reckoning. Because I think the downfall of let me put this different, the fallout of the macroeconomic situation and the war and um, you know, the cooling of the private and public markets is really, really starting to show the effect on the European tech ecosystem. So you can see that with Klarna's latest valuation. You can see that mm -hmm. with Gorillas who's been struggling to, to close a funding round, even at a significant, significantly lower valuation. Um, and now companies are starting to collapse. So yeah. it was going to happen. Uh, it is happening and it is going to happen more. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, there was a couple of uh, couple of stories out this week that I think are quite um, interesting to sort of look look deeper into. Uh, one of them is, of course, pollen. That was, uh, I think, one of the most high profile uh, collapses. Um, they, on, I, got, uh, I, got, I got a sneeze. Hang on, hang on. Sneeze, sneeze. <laughs> Go for it. Pollen. Get it. Pollen. Pollen. Oh my God. Joke one in the bag. Thank you very much. 
Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, Pollen is a, a travel experiences uh, selling company. Uh, they've fallen into an administration uh, as a UK company, the, the parent company called Street Team Software. Uh, as called a New York-based restructuring and insolvency specialist crawl to administer its restructuring. Um, now, if you don't know much about Pollen, uh, beyond that, uh, they were founded in 2014 uh, by two brothers, Callum and Liam uh, Negus Fancy. Uh, and their purpose back then was to give people a bigger life that didn't really uh, pan a, a out. A bigger lie? A bigger life. Oh, life, life. life. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Right. Uh, turned out to be a bigger lie in the end. But uh, back then they were saying a bigger life. Um, but but they, they did very well. I mean, in, in essence, they were growing quite nicely. They were bringing people like former Instagram CMO, uh, Deliverer's former head of global customer services, the ex-Klarna VP of design, uh, you know, really high profile people. In May of this year, uh, they raised $150 million in a Series mm. C funding round. Right. Which, which was a month after they laid off quite a lot of people. But still, yes. yeah. You know, you would think, you know, they're they're clearly going somewhere and investors still believe in them, even in May 2022. But no. Uh, so the official press release, um, when they announced, when they closed that funding round, didn't even mention who the investors in that round were. So that leads me to believe mm -hmm. that it was an internal round. Mm -hmm. So that was already sort of a sign that, you know, no new, new investors on board. Uh, the valuation wasn't being disclosed. So there was already, you know, following the layoffs, it was already sort of, something going on. Uh, Sky News has been reporting uh, on Pollen very well in the last few months as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an interesting one, right? So they had big investors, uh, Kindred, yeah. uh, which is, you know, investor in Paddle uh, and other companies, Nordzone, one of the early backers of Spotify and iZettle and Kahoot and Klarna. Uh, they had Lansdowne Partners, Siena Capital, Bact and mm -hmm. Molten Ventures. By the way, this is an interesting one. I, I only noticed this because, uh, what do you call it? It's like professional... What do you call it uh, when you <laughs> courtesy <laughs> Oi, language buddy we got uh um, professional adults something. listening to this man i can't i can't, I can't find a word anymore sorry it's because of the tan um but they managed <laughs> they managed to misspell the name of one of their investors and not the smallest one molten ventures like x draper esprit they misspelled yeah. their name twice in the official press release when they announced the series c round I mean, so that for me a telltale sign that things are going downhill. Well, if right? they're if if they're running their tours that well, um, exactly right. Ooh, e. So is this? Um, but, but you know what? Hand in the air, hand in the air. Is this another fire? Is this, is this like fire festival? But like fire, fire experience, or lack could thereof? Be. Could be. Yeesh. Maybe we'll have Yeesh. a Netflix documentary down the line. Ah, uh, yeah. I watched be that one because. The British government also invested in Poland, by the way, through the taxpayer-backed future fund. So a lot of people are going to be unhappy about that as well. Oops. Uh, but yeah, so they're basically on their way down. The, managed, the, the official quote is, quote, the management team have been in ongoing negotiations with a potential buyer for the parent company, but have been unable to agree to terms in an appropriate time frame, leaving the board and shareholders agreeing the best option is to restructure the business, unquote. So I think that was... Um, sort of a summary of a very, very difficult and harsh conversations with their shareholders. Mm. Uh, but that's where we are now. Uh, it's a question uh, that I'd love to ask the investors, uh, Kindred and, and Nordzone and Molten Ventures in particular. Mm. Why invest $150 million in a company that just announced layoffs yeah. and only three months later mm. falls into administration? I mean, that, that, that sounds like a last-ditch last effort to me, right? 
Yeah, but even in May 2022, the signs were already there, right? The, the war was already ongoing. The macroeconomic factors were already there. So either they believed so strongly in the business being turned around in, mm. in just the span of a few months that they decided to invest more or something else happened that we don't know. Uh, and it's an interesting one because the CTO of Pollen, actually two days ago when the administration news started sort of coming out, Sky News and other publications, um, he posted on LinkedIn that he was going to help, you know, all the team members that were being laid off to get new jobs. But he, he, he mentioned it in a very, very interesting way. He said, while I could talk more about how this came about, my focus now is exclusively on helping my team. So that means that something went down, right? Mm -hmm. Something um, that we don't know yet, that we will mm -hmm. eventually, of course, the mm -hmm. good journalists that we are. Um, we will have to find out, but something went down there because you don't go from 150 million capital injection to administration in three months without something happening. My thinking was, I mean, it, it has to do something with the, with the, with the, you know, artists canceling COVID, you know, right? I mean, festivals get canceled, uh, artists get canceled. And, and then you, you've, you've, you've got, uh, you've got your obligation to refund these people, right. Who have bought into the service. But I would imagine that the festival, it takes them time. I mean, maybe, maybe, I, I don't know, but I'm just speculating. Maybe this is a whole cash flow problem. Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the pollen is trying to get the money back from uh, whatever festival, whatever festival doesn't have that money to give yet back. Uh, so I don't I don't know. It could just be a, a, a huge log jam backlog of, of payments that are due. And I mean, uh, if I was sitting in, in Moulton's seat, yeah, OK, that kind of makes sense to me. And, and maybe what went down again, all speculation here, maybe what went down is is, uh, you know, they're just quite literally the middleman caught caught in the middle. Right. Uh, and 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 the money that, you know, they owe people money back, but they're not getting it because they're not getting the money that they're owed. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, let's be clear. If you're a VC, you're not going to invest in a company so they can pay off their debts if you know that the business is not really working out that well for reasons maybe un unrelated to the business itself. Could be mm. macroeconomic, could, could be COVID knock-on effect still. Uh, but no VC is going to put in money just yeah, to pay just to cover debt, suppliers right? and customers. It's not going right. to happen, right? So something went down that hasn't been reported yet, and we will try to get to the bottom of it. Bottom. Um, exactly. All right. What else? What else you got? What else you got? What? Uh, give me the bad news, so, Robin. It's not the only collapse. Uh, a bit cleaner, but still, still quite a quite a high level one. Uh, is Nuri, uh, previously called yeah. Bidwala. They're a crypto-focused uh, digital banking platform, essentially based out of Germany. Uh, they announced last Tuesday that they filed for insolvency in the Berlin court. court. Um, they said the move was, uh, quote, necessary to ensure the safest path forward for all our customers, unquote. That means they're in big trouble and <laughs> they uh, want to get out of it, right? So yeah. what they yeah. also said, quote, unquote, is the recent global and economic developments have put a strain Initially, it said lasting strain, but they removed the word. Interesting. Hmm. So they put a strain on Nuri's liquidity and have resulted in a need to restructure and stabilize the financial composition of our company, um, which is unfortunate for them uh, and also for their 500,000 customers, I would say. Uh, there were other <clears throat> factors involved, of course, major crypto sell-offs. Uh, it's no surprise to anyone. And the insolvency of Celsius, uh, which they yeah. also relied heavily about. So hmm. um, that's, uh, that's a big shame. Uh, formerly known... As Bitwala, the company has been in operation since 2015. Uh, they basically offered users the convenience of a regular bank account combined with Bitcoin and Ethereum wallets. 
Now, the good news is that if you have a regular bank account and euros, etc., uh, with Bitwala, you're not actually in danger of losing your money. Um, so they right. said very okay. clearly, and they've explained it very well, that customers will still have access to their accounts. They can deposit, they can withdraw funds freely at any time. Um, the banks also stated that its services will remain unchanged and the app and the product will continue to run normally for the time being. Uh, they also stressed that the custodial wallets are actually operated by a partner, Solaris in particular, mm. uh, meaning that they don't even handle customers' fiat and crypto funds anymore. So if you're right. a customer of Nuri, you're quite safe unless you, uh, you, uh, you're involved with the crypto lending uh, Celsius stuff that they were doing. Uh, so that's still that's still being frozen. Um, but yeah. What, what does that mean to it? So if you're a customer in Nuri, you're all right. If you're an investor in Nuri, what does that mean? Yes. So the investors in Nuri were quite a well-known bunch. There's Sony in there, Early Bird, Coparian, DIP Capital, Global Brain. Um, then you're basically uh, writing off your investment, I think. I mean, the company is not dead. They're, they're, they've filed for insolvency. There might still be a fire sale. Uh, they might be able to, to do sort of a, a fresh start with some services or maybe like a limited uh, scope. But as an investor, I would be, as a VC at least, I would be writing mm. off my investments mm. uh, very clearly. Yeah, Unless a Ouch. miracle happens. Yeah. I mean, Ouch. that's yeah. what happens in startup land. Some... That, yeah, I mean, you, you get a gamble. Uh, sometimes you win. A lot of times you lose. Yeah. And most of the time the house the house wins anyway. So again, I can't speak for the customers of Nuri, but it, it seems very reassuring in the way that they're communicating. What they're saying um is actually sort of a clean way of uh, of closing rather than uh, what mm. Poland has been doing, uh, judging mm. by the, the online commentary there. Um but yeah, I mean it's always a shame when a startup goes under, but that's always gonna happen as well. You got any other bad news for us, or should we just cap it here? Oh, I got some good news. <laughs> oh, there we go. Thank God. All right, well, let's end on a high news. note. I always like ending on a high note. Let's end on a high note. Robin, give me something high. Yes, so a couple of interesting acquisitions. I think we counted about 20 to 25. Uh, one that really stood out for me was uh, Stockholm-based digital gaming studio Nordlight, or Nerdlight, I don't know how to pronounce mm -hmm. it. Nerdlife. Dash, you know, Nerdlife. Nude. <laughs> uh, so Nordlight, they've been acquired by Spinmaster. Uh, that's a Canadian oh. uh, toy yeah. and entertainment company. You know them, right? So I do. So if you don't know them, they have brands like Rubik's Cube, Etch-A-Sketch, those you might know. That was that was high tech in my day. It was. It still is. <laughs> Come on. So what Spinmaster is essentially doing is trying to make digital gaming a third pillar of its business. So um, toys, entertainment, but then also digital gaming. They're also trying to leverage uh, the proprietary IP that they have from the toy and entertainment departments yeah. uh, into the digital gaming sphere. And by that, they, they acquire uh, companies that are you know have proven track record in developing uh, digital games. Uh, they've done that in the past as well. They've bought Tokaboka and Noid, both based in Stockholm as well. They invested in Nordlight actually last year in August uh, with a minority investment through its uh, investment arm, Spinmaster Ventures. And now they've, you know, after one year, very clearly, that was sort of the term that they probably set to evaluate the business for an acquisition. Uh, and now this has happened. So that's uh, good news for Nordlight. It's also good news for Spinmaster because what they're getting is essentially 50 years of combined experience in the mobile games world. Um, you know, the team from Nordline, they've been essentially running the prototype team at uh, King.com. And also leading the technology and art for games like Candy Crush Saga. So that's a that's quite a wealth of experience that they're gaining. Small, small little titles. Never yeah, heard of them. Yeah, just never a, heard just of them really. Ones. 
so that's a, that's that's a really really good talent that they're hauling in. So very nice, very nice. Good, All right, good. look, we are on uh, what about fifteen minutes, and I like to keep this short and sweet, Robin. Unless you got anything else to add, I do. I always do. You know that. Robin's plus one is. I've always got one more thing. Uh, no, that's Baldur Steve Jobs. Capital. Uh, who? Who? Oh. Balderton. Yes, I am going Balderton. Thank you. <laughs> Balderton <laughs> Capital. They've uh, they've made quite a an interesting uh, recruitment decision. You might say they made an impact hire. They made an impact. Elodie Broad is joining their team. Uh, she's a very experienced leader in corporate sustainability and sustainable finance. Uh, she she hails from Deloitte's sustainable finance team, where she oversaw the ESG strategy and transformation. Uh, for the investment management sector with a particular focus on private equity. So that's quite a mouthful, but that means that she's very well experienced in the two areas that Baldwin Capital clearly wants to make a mark in mm. as an investment uh, company. Um, so that's that's super interesting to me. And I've already been in touch with the company and we might, might be able to get Elodie on our podcast in two, three weeks from now. So. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Robin's going to score us an exclusive. And you know what we could do? The drive at five live. We talked about this before. What if we do Amen, this brother. Recorded? Let's do it live. Let's do it. Let's, do it, Let's do it live. Yeah. Okay. Next one's live. Next one's live. Oh, crap. Um, that means I can't edit anything, right? That means we can't swear. Can we? I don't know. Fuck. We can't swear. Fuck. We can't swear next week. All right. Fuck well, around. that's it. Don't tune in next week, folks, when we won't be swearing on the show. My name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not Robin. Robin Vouchers? How, how are we Robin taking this? Robin Vouchers. Robin's underwater. This has been The Drive at Five. Have a great weekend, folks. We are out of here. Enjoy the weekend. Ciao, ciao.